Welcome to Coaching Uncut, a special series on the Unstoppable Woman podcast, where I take you behind the scenes and give you a peek into the private coaching I do with my clients. All of these coaching calls have been recorded with the permission from my clients who have generously allowed me to share these with you as a way of helping more people in this world. They give you access to master level coaching and the opportunity to learn the lessons that they're learning right along with them. Please keep in mind that these recordings are not studio productions and the audio quality may be less than ideal, but the content will take you far and help you become unstoppable. With that, listen in and learn. Hello there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. What would you like to talk about today? Would you like to dive into the priorities or do you feel like we handled that via email? Um, well, there was in your term priorities, but I think if we can talk about that at like a bigger, a couple levels up, that would be helpful. So less what's on my to-do list and more how to prioritize different aspects of what needs to get done. So specifically on my mind is, what's it going to say? I just wrote this earlier today. Oh, that's just prepping for delivery. Um, I feel like I have buckets of work and what I'm mindful of is a lot all of a sudden going to come to a head because I've been so focused on sales that I haven't actually had to do a lot of the, you know, the client work. So, but that's going to be coming. So I feel a need to sort of be prepping for that. There's a lot of still another bucket of systems and processes. There's always sales. And then there's visibility and marketing. I'm having a hard time having perspective on given this point in time, how to kind of feel like I have purpose in each of my actions as opposed to like, this is next, this is next, this is next. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I had to learn early on, which was a huge eye opener for me, and I believe we've talked about that this already, so it might not be completely new, is that marketing and sales, so sales really, but marketing is drives sales to some degree, right? Always comes first because if you do not do that and you shift your attention 80, 90, 100% to client delivery or operations or team or, or something else that you think is a burning fire that needs to be taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. You will be on a roller coaster mm-hmm. of cash flow because you will start working on the client stuff, let's say, and then you take your eye off of the ball from the pipeline perspective in terms of sales and marketing and you finish with that client and then you have no one there and that's where you get this up and down roller coaster, okay, of cash flow. So that doesn't work, obviously. Now, does only working on sales and marketing work? Well, it depends where you're at in your business. Uh, at some point, you will hire, you, you will do a number of things in terms of hiring to grow the business. One will be hiring marketing person or a salesperson that's one area that you could hire in and or other people hire they keep that and other people hire for client delivery and 
in your case, it would be training someone in what you do, and then they go, they, they're like a mini in, mm-hmm. they go, they go do it. And there's different ways of doing that. You know, there's tiered pricing. If you want to work with me, it's this. If you want to work with so-and-so, it's that. I don't, I never like that kind of tiered pricing personally on the receiving end. Like, mm-hmm. don't, make yeah. me, don't make me choose. Don't make yeah. me think that I'm going to have a lower standard of um, yeah, service sense. by not working with, with you. Just tell me it's X amount and you're going to have a team of these five people supporting you. And this is what it looks like. Right. And this is how we work. And then I'm like, oh, great. I'm all in versus, oh, I don't get to work with you. I I recently, (laughs) I recently had that experience with someone who was a referral for PR work. And I thought she was great. But then, I mean, if she ever asked me at some point for feedback on her sales process, which she will never, right? Because who does that? Um, (laughs) But if she ever did, I would help her with her sales process tremendously because then she sent me this proposal which took two weeks to get to me but and because it was supposed to be like something difficult to do but it was not difficult it was like a template with like there was nothing custom in it and Mm -hmm. in it it had the pricing and if you were I mean maybe for her it was custom but I was like this does not look this looks like plug and play to me right and it had her pricing in it, which you now know not to do, right? To uh-huh. send the proposal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it had that thing where, you know, to work with me, it's this. To work with someone else on my team, it's this. And I'm like, eh, not interested. Mm-hmm. Right? I yeah. had a call with you, right? Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But, right? So, yeah. but, you know, someone else could sell someone else as long as they're selling the thing, right? Like, yeah, I just have, can't feel like whiplash. I mean, it sounds yeah. like it was a little bit of whiplash. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. So back to you. I think ultimately you solve this by hiring team. Okay. And you need to start thinking strategically about what kind of business you're building. Are you going to be yeah. building a business where you have a team of four or five, six people working underneath you? you know, maybe it's one in the beginning. And you teach people how to do it the Claxon way. and then you're in the CEO founder role and for a time being you're doing sales and marketing or and then ultimately you're just in the the CEO founder role or are you someone who always wants her hands on the client work and there can be you know gradations of this Mm -hmm. but if you always want your hands in the, the client work more then you're going to hire for sales and marketing first. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. Um, and and I let me add a few pieces to this. Okay. Most successful businesses, the CEO knows how to do sales and marketing. And they let go of sales first because they can train people to do sales. That's a skill set that you can train. Okay. Yep. They train people to do client execution work. That's a skill set you can train. There are people who are good at both of those that have natural talents to them. Marketing seems to be one of those crazy-ass things that if you're good at it, it's challenging to let go of because there are very few unicorns out there who can do both the data metric side of marketing and the creative side strategic side of marketing. 
Do you need that in one person? Uh, as a CMO, yes. As a director of marketing, yes. Ultimately, no. If you are Procter and Gamble, absolutely not. You have like yeah, a thousand not people be on. Right. Okay. But if you are sort of the next stage up, and probably the next three to five stages up, you don't have the marketing budget to have people in those different buckets. If if you're doing a full time hire, like an FTE hire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 And right now. You have to decide because you don't really have, I mean, you have a marketing strategy that I taught you, but it's not a, it's a very hands-on marketing strategy right now. And it's, and, and the way I scaled my business and I still do it, but at some point you need to get more automated and leveraged. Yeah. I, um, I have a writer slash editor who's very yeah. good, who was starting to take over like we just had a conversation yesterday. So she started to write like the sales funnel copy. Um, she drafts all the LinkedIn posts. I still take a look at stuff. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, but I'm going to keep, so we have an e-blast for the full list and then we have a VIP e-blast. So for now, I'm going to keep writing the VIP e-blast partially because it's really easy for me and I really want it to feel like it's from me, just energetically. Mm -hmm. so I kept that, but she's starting to write out these other pieces. With my I'm I'm curious. What's the difference between those the VIP and the regular list? The VIP like, are would, most active people on the list. So if you're like, just help me out here. Mm -hmm. If you're already writing for the VIP list, why mm -hmm. would you not just send that to everyone? Because the people on the VIP list are also on the general list. So what I don't want. I mean, I could change this, but I don't want them. That would feel inauthentic to me, to be honest, because the way that I've positioned that list very explicitly, and I just did this like within the past three months, is to say you're the most active people, therefore, you know, you're going to get special content. Oh, well, so I didn't miss, that was a missing yeah, piece yeah, of yeah. information. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the way I've positioned it. And that Got content it. is very explicit because they're further along on the engagement cycle. Like they're more likely to buy. They're more likely to book a discovery call. Whereas, um, just because they open everything. And we know that based on metrics. Okay, so let's talk about that. How many people are on your VIP list? Rough. 200? Okay, I think about 200. Okay, and you you shifted to this VIP list split thing a couple months, two or three months ago. Mm -hmm. And are they booking consultations? Somehow, yeah. Whereas no one from the big list has booked anything. Okay. So I, let's also just interject here because an analysis of this is going to be uneven because I dropped the ball when I had COVID. So I've only emailed. We've only been in this model for like two months. So we don't have a lot of data to go on is my point. Yeah. Also, so, I feel good about marketing because I have a marketing background. I feel less uh -huh. clear on it's related to marketing, but I think where I want your insight is on more on the visibility and what got me thinking about this was your question yesterday about podcast guesting, mm -hmm. um, which between that conversation and today, I now have a list of the top nonprofit podcasts and the top 20 for marketing podcasts. So I can put a system in place to start reaching out to them. That's I think great. That, yeah. I, I want to go back to, to your split list for a second. 
<laughs> so I want you to track this. I don't actually, I don't like you doing two efforts. That seems, if you're, but here's my perspective. You can do, you do you. My perspective is if you're writing content to anyway, give your best content to everyone. You could segment the most, you could, you could segment behind the scenes the people who are the most active. But why wouldn't you give everyone your best content? I'm missing that. I guess if I'm on a VIP anything, I feel like I'm getting something special. I hear your point. It's just, it's just recently positioned it this way. So, so yeah. So if I'm getting, if, like what, what would make a VIP if everybody's getting it? So are you implying that everyone should be a VIP? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have done that. You know, um, that's me. I mean, it doesn't make it that it's not, I, I get that being a VIP makes you feel special. And yeah. And, and what's interesting is, I recently, maybe six months ago, a colleague of mine, we were DMing via Facebook and he put me on his special VIP podcast list just for his, his podcast, just for his clients and special colleagues and friends kind of thing. It had great content on it. It was excellent. I like binge listened one Saturday taking a walk, right? And they, mm -hmm. they were like 10 minute podcasts and they were great. And I'm pretty sure he's reutilizing all of those on his regular podcast. Okay. I, I think I saw, I don't listen to his regular podcast, but I think I saw something come through with mm. that. Okay. And so, because why would he not reutilize this content? It's great content, but it does diminish this. And I'm not suggesting that you would do this, but it, it it's like a little bit of a, it's a challenge because how can you then, you put a lot of time and effort in. I, I just don't see it as good value for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. I hear the point. You want, just, you want those new people on your list to be like, wow, she's amazing. Yeah. I'll give that more thought. Yeah. How many people are not on the VIP list? What are we talking about? Well, I think our full list is like 1,800 or something. Yeah. 16? 16? So we, like, we called it down from 5,000 because there people weren't getting, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, if you decide you like my perspective on this, you could shift everyone and say, give it some reason, right? We'd like to make you a VIP. We have a special email list for our, our VIP community. We just ask you to do these two things or something like that. Answer these two questions. I don't know if that's even worth it, but you could, you could try and transition more people to that or just transition everyone. Yeah. Actually, that's what I was just thinking about is because I, I really am hearing your point about like everyone should be treated like a VIP, a puzzle piece missing, but I can't quite figure out what the piece is. Yeah. And I get that you wanted to give people status, right? Specialness. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but everyone should be treated like a VIP, right? Yeah, it's not like the others are getting, you know, crappy content or anything. So yeah, something for you to think about. We can yeah. continue talking. You don't have to solve it right now. It's not nope, your highest not and most pressing, pressing no. situation. What was your next question that you shifted to? Because I have 
forgotten what that is. Just overall visibility. Well, I mean, I think my big thing is like, I just, <laughs> I've gotten to a certain level being able to kind of do what's in front of me and having a good intuitive sense of like, okay, I'm in flow with doing this and I want to do this. But I have this working hypothesis that that's not going to get me to the next level. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where I think the best path for you would be. So I think you need to master the sales conversation. Yeah. You're doing great. Okay. Yeah. And, but you need more sales conversations. You need more sales calls. Okay. Yeah. So to me, that's like, okay, you need to put together a system mm-hmm. a process for the outreach. Yeah. So that it can come from you, but your assistant is doing all the heavy lifting. Okay in terms of the research and the who and the what, and, and then you're writing, you're saying something yeah. connected and positive. Okay. Yeah. Um, there can be outreach to your network, the follow-up with your network, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure that there are people that you haven't talked to yes, yet that are that original outreach, right? Like, so yeah. I would, I would create a machine on that. Okay. Okay. Like this is just, this is what we do. Okay. And have that rocking and rolling. So that is always going. And with your existing clients, you're going to figure out how to add them. So you just signed, I forget how many clients, but quite a few. You're going to figure out where in the sales cycle is the right time to ask them for a referral. Mm -hmm. Okay. And an introduction and how you're going to do that. And you're going to make that a machine. Okay. Okay. And you're going to map, you're going to master that. Okay. Then the next thing you have to figure out is how are you going to handle the client delivery while you're still doing creating the machine and executing the machine? That's step two. Yes. And we have adjusted your offering. So the amount of time required for them is hugely smaller. So. I'm not sure how much that's going to affect your ability to get the sales and marketing done, but you tell me what your nervous energy is around that and let's play it out and figure out how to problem solve. So that would be step two. Okay. First okay. is so, well, well in machine. Step two is let's figure out how to handle the onslaught of client work. Okay. Mm-hmm. While you keep the machine going. Mm-hmm. And then step three and a little bit dependent on step two, right? But step three is creating uh, additional channels of marketing, whether that's the podcast stuff that I suggested to you, in which case you build a machine around that, right? Yep. Same, it's the same concept as the prospecting, but it's just for something else. Or we figure out if it's going to be Facebook ads. We figure out if it's going to be LinkedIn ads. We figure out if you need... DSL, a video sales letter or webinar, or are you going to do training calls? Like what is the sweet spot for the next marketing channel that you're going to go for? And then we go deep on that. We build a machine. Okay. Okay. And then you're going to need more help. So it's this alternation, 
alternating. Alternation. I'm like, that is not a word. But it, it can be, though, Amira. We can make it a word. <laughs> Language is dynamic. <laughs> I'm like, huh. It sounds like it should be a word, but that is not a word. Okay. Um, it's this altering between the marketing and sales and the hiring. Marketing and sales and the hiring. Marketing and sales and the hiring. And the hiring could be, wow, we have so many leads coming in. I need someone to do sales for me. The hire could be, oh my God, we have so many initiatives and the way I create the created these systems is like half-ass and I need an operations person. That's me, okay? Like I'm the person, like I, I do visionary. I do, can't you just implement this? Don't you understand what I'm talking about? That's me, Yeah. okay? That's me too. And yeah, so you need, an, at some point you'll need a project manager or an ops person who can organize things. Otherwise you're going to be splayed all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But it sort of depends. You can't plan too far in advance because it sort of depends on what's happening. And generally speaking, you'll probably hire some uh, marketing folks first before you hire ops person. And then you're going to be like, I can't manage all these people. I need someone to help me. Yeah. And I feel like that's, you know, I have, the writer she's also she's a good marketing like thinker mm-hmm. um and then i have my operations manager and like assistant person so they're okay. part-time that's great so you understand how this works right it's yeah like, yeah that was helpful that was helpful okay okay good so now let's talk about the client i think what's next is to talk about the the concerns around the client delivery work and how much that's going to time that's going to take and do, do a little problem solving around that. You know, I think I'm having unnecessary anticipatory anxiety around it. Huh? You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to happen. It's going to be fine. I mean, yeah. that's the stuff that I've done for forever. You know, I, I am, I'm taking myself out a little bit with this, like, it is and it isn't a new format. Mm-hmm. You know, accelerated, it, it is, ish, but it's not like I haven't done it before. I do want the experience to be super amazing for mm-hmm. people because they're my early referrers. Yeah. So I think I'm just psyching myself out because I see the way in which I'm delivering service is a tweak. Yeah. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be great. I think there's that that's going on, and I think there's a little bit of it's that shiny object syndrome, like when 100%. we're right when we are avoiding there's there, there's some grind in business. It's not like doing the process that you've set out is no longer hard for you. It's just not new and exciting, okay? And that makes it a little bit of a like not. Do you know what it is, Amira? What? What I just realized is it's my way of staying small. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, I'm getting pretty darn good at these sales calls. Yeah, but I can't do anymore, so I better get worried about clients. Yeah. I better. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I think that that's it. And I, I don't know if you, I know you were teaching this morning, so you might not have had time to listen to my um, audio message, my insight from I this didn't, morning's journaling. But I did see the text. I had been on calls. And I wanted to, uh, thank you for reminding me about that because I was on yeah. 
it came through while I, I was on my leadership team meeting today. When I was like, yeah, can I share your numbers? I'm like, I'm like, sure. <laughs> this is going to be my first hundred k Oh my god, that's awesome! I love that. I just know it is. You know? I just feel it. I woke up this morning. And I was yeah. like, that's happening. I just know it's happening. And so I think this is how I have well, always. How close are you? How close are you? Well, I'm. So no, I I didn't listen to the audio, so so I don't know what. Well, I, know, we, I didn't talk about it in the audio. In the audio, I, yeah. actually, I was I was reflecting on the question you asked me yesterday, which is like, why has this pattern, how has it served me? This pattern of like, I create this amazing thing, and then I let it fall by the wayside. I created this other amazing thing, and I yeah. let it fall by the wayside. And what I realized is, you know, my daughter turned 18 this week, and part of why I decided to have my own thing was so that I could always be present for them, because this is a teeny window of life. And I think I just intuitively knew that, like, if I started doing all those things to the maximum, I wouldn't stay true to that commitment. So I think that is true. And it's what you said earlier. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the combo. Focus. Yeah. yeah, I shift my focus mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't know what success at this next level is like. Yeah, yeah. Right? Subconscious program says anything different than what I've experienced could equal mm-hmm. death. Let's not do that. Let's get her to stop somehow. Yeah. Okay. And so I think it's an start, Yeah. You start over here and you don't mm-hmm. finish it. So, so I think, mm-hmm. and I I'm think just doing the same thing in this moment. Correct. hundred percent, but we're nipping it. Okay. So good on you, right? Great uh-huh. awareness. Good on you. And figure out how to make the system that we've really created for that outbound, right? The referral marketing, the connections, you know, all of that, how to make that exciting for yourself. Yeah. 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 You know, you have have not filed in the referral piece like at all. (laughs) Right. It's been a little random, but you've had great referrals that have turned (laughs) into sales. Okay. You just need to make that a full on process of thing that you do. Okay. And what I was going to say was you need to gamify it for yourself. And that's a modern, you know, Mm -hmm. phrasing, but it's basically like you need to create the challenge for yourself. So if you want to make a hundred K this, this month, which you're Mm -hmm. close to, you know, it's going to happen. Like, and you normally make, I don't know, five outbound calls a day or something like that. Right. Yep. What if you made 20, right? Like, what if you, like, m- massively, or you did a Grant, Grant Cardone 10 exit, right? Yeah. Like, what if you just, you you took it to, like, you, you set the bar so much higher that it caused you that, a little bit of that fear excitement mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you had when you were first doing this a couple months ago, and it was all mm-hmm. new. You were like, mm-hmm. how do I make this happen? And oh my God, how do I do this? Now it's like, how do I do this at scale? I know how to do this. Now let's make it, make the challenge a little harder and do it at scale. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you might need to look into, well, I don't want to confuse matters, but next time let's have a conversation about what processes need to be put into place so that you can, can do this at scale. And we can talk a little bit about like tech that to be honest, I've never implemented myself. I've always done it old school, you know, 
one dial at a time kind of thing, <laughs> right? Um, but there's tech for sales teams, right, that allow you to dial a lot more quickly, okay? And you, okay. you we, I have like 2% knowledge, but enough to to leave you a little bit. (laughs) So I'm I'm being clear and frank. You're going to have to do your research and and figure out if it works for you, but I can tell you what we're doing. There's like still so much untapped opportunity in dialing in the sales that I just need to keep that sexy for myself. Yeah, 100%. Because the product delivery is what I've been doing for 18 years. Like I can wake up and do amazing things for clients. Yeah. Yeah, but I can elevate the experience, and I still want to do that. But um, I just yeah, I'm getting, my new mantra is going to be keep the sales sexy. Well, no, sales are sexy. How about that? <laughs> but I need to make it that for myself. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> I I personally, you you do you, but I'm like sales are sexy. Come on, you know. And and it's and it's funny because I know that there are so many people out there. And I would count myself sort of in this category in the beginning where it was like, oh, I don't want to do sales. Sales is icky, right? Sales is sleazy or whatever, right? Like manipulative or something. And because we've all had bad sales experiences. And sometimes we we just buy things that we don't want to buy and we blame other people, but that's, that's different than a bad sales experience. Yeah. But very early on uh, in a different business, it was just so much fun to make a sale like that I got kind of addicted. That's the wrong word. But like I was selling things much smaller price point. It was a total, it was a mind body practice. And, but it was just so much fun when someone said yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. And the challenge of figuring out why people, like the human psychology behind it, right? Like why do mm-hmm. people say yes? Why do people say no? Like, how does this work? Right? Like, what do I need yeah. to do here? Like that, that was just always something that I was intrigued by once I knew that this was a, a thing, like once I wrapped my head around the perspective on it, then I was all in and sales was definitely like sales is sexy. sexy. Does your husband <laughs> think sales, do, do, does your husband think sales is sexy? He thinks it's sexy when I do sales and I close sales. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. That like, hold that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it's like, booyah, you go rocket, off. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Well, it's interesting. I've been um, playing so much with, and I really like it. Like, I can see, I, I just, like, sales is surface. And especially since I work yeah. with people who categorize they want to make the world a better place, it, like, genuinely is. So I'm 100% on board with that, but that's not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a hop, but your assignment is. Yeah. What makes something sexy? Yeah. And when I say sexy, I mean life force, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, because sexy is that, like, coming together of the masculine and the feminine, yeah. right? It's life force, sexual energy. Yeah. So what makes something have life force? Yeah, that's a fun question. Okay. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this episode of Coaching Uncut. Let us know in the comments what you learned and how you can apply it to your own life and business. We absolutely love hearing from you. 
and we also love receiving your feedback. So thank you in advance for your likes and reviews. They really help us connect with more women who need this information to help them scale. So much appreciated for that and taking the time to do that. Now, if it's go time for you and you're ready to scale your life and your business, then I want to offer you up something. I want to offer you access to our Be Unstoppable Facebook group. We drop daily and weekly resources in this free group that show you exactly how to scale, what you need to be doing differently. So if you want access to that group and it's go time for you, go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash Facebook group, and that will redirect you there. So theunstoppablewoman.com slash Facebook group, no spaces, and start by getting your copy of the scale plan, which lives there, and it's totally free. So go do that now, and then tune in to the next episode and continue to be unstoppable.